Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. Today we continue our series, Brew, with this episode, Deja Brew. Hope you enjoy. Morning. We are continuing in our Brew Sermon Series. Uh, I hope if, if you are a coffee drinker, um, I hope you drank an excess amount of coffee during this sermon and, or this sermon series and it's just ramped up. And if you do not drink coffee, uh, we'll pray for your soul. Um, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> oh, man. Deja Brew. That is the title of today's message. It's really interesting. In, in the whole process of the coffee bean leaving the, the farm and going all the way to making it to the cup of coffee, there are some very intricate processes and steps that, that a coffee bean has to go through. And one of the most time-consuming and just meticulous aspects is the milling process, which is not the grinding process, it's the milling process. It is the moment after a coffee bean is roasted and before it is ground. It, it really takes the most amount of labor hours and the most amount of time waiting. Do you know after the milling process, a, you could have a cup of coffee and really five minutes after it's been milled. But prior to that, you just have to wait. It's this waiting game. The coffee bean has to come out of this, the roaster, and it's all hot, and then you have to just let it sit, just let it be, and then it's touched by the workers several times, inspecting and moving and sorting and doing all the different things that they do, and then it could be ground. But it's this, like, waiting period where it just smells delicious, and it's just sitting out, and it's like, can I just have the coffee already? But you have to wait. You know, on, on average, depending on the location of where the bean has come from, it can take upwards of over four days of milling. The roaster and roasting is just a matter of minutes, around 450 degrees, tumbling it and tumbling it to get all the moisture leave and all the stuff to happen. But the milling is the longest process. It's been roasted, and then it just sits there. Of course, it gets touched a little bit, but it's like this resting time that everyone talks about. Do you know if, if you take the bean straight from the roaster and you try to enjoy it, you, it'll, it'll be the worst cup of coffee you have. It'll taste disgusting. And it's interesting, the most expensive coffee bean on the planet will taste like the worst coffee you will ever taste. Like as if you take Insta crystals, let them sit out for maybe 20 years and then make the, that's what the coffee will taste like. It, won't, it doesn't taste good, it's rushed. It hasn't rested. It hasn't prepared for the next season it's about to happen. And that's what happens in a believer's life. We go through this process of roasting where God works in us to remove certain things. And then if we don't rest properly before going to the next season, it, it's not good. Have you ever seen someone just get amped up and fired up for Jesus? Like they, they encounter Jesus at summer camp or something? And they come back and they're like, yeah, put me in, put me in. And then all of a sudden they're, they're serving, they're doing all these things, and then they just disappear. Like, where did so-and-so go? Weren't they, like, really excited, like, two weeks ago? Oh, man, you should hear what happened in their life. Because they didn't know how to rest. And, and the, the process that the coffee bean goes through in this resting period, is, it's kind of ironic, because it's, it's literally what we're supposed to be doing after we've gone through the roasting period and the salvation period. They parallel in this beautiful concept, and it's almost as if God was like, 
sprinkled life lessons through illustrations and how everything works on the planet just for us as believers to understand how we are made. It's ridiculous. Uh, the, the scripture where it talks about God made his, his kingdom, his world, so that we can experience Christ in just looking at nature. When I read that as a kid, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I like the tree's green. <laughs> There's Jesus. You know, but now I'm understanding the process of how things grow on this planet parallels with how we grow as believers. This whole sermon series, in case you didn't know, is the process of a coffee bean and compares it, compares it to the process of our lives as a servant. Remember first week we talked about what a servant is and what service looks like? That's literally what God looks at as our heart in what we're doing in, as worship. The life of a servant is a life of a worshiper. That's what the Bible talks about. Every single scripture reference, when it talks about doing something as an action and it ever references worship, it's a heart issue and what you think and feel while you're doing something in the kingdom of God. That's what worship is. And so we're following this life of a coffee bean to understand how to grow our worship, how to grow our service, how to, how to do these things. The tagline of the whole sermon series is coffee does the kingdom good. So, Looking at this milling process, um, I want to look at the first aspect. Number one, resting time. Coffee bean, right after roasting, it just has to rest. It just has to sit out, literally doing nothing, with intentionality doing nothing. A lot of times we can, we can think, oh, I just need some rest, and we, we try to uh, rest in our lives how we want to rest, and then after resting, we're almost more tired. Has anyone ever experienced that? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Because you rested wrong. That's why. I was raising my hand because I totally have done that. And then I get back, I'm like, I have to go to work and I'm so tired. <laughs> and it's like, I did not rest one moment. Resting. We're, we're following the story. I actually have never preached on this scripture before, and I don't think it's ever been preached on? Maybe, I don't know, maybe someone has, but it's just such an obscure, random scripture, and I love those in the Bible. They're like my favorites. You know, when you find a scripture, you're like, what did I just read? Uh, and I had some scripture lined up for this week, and then I was doing some devotions uh, with David, and then I read it, and I was like, that's so weird. And I kept thinking about it over and over, and I was like, that's the summary of today's message. It really is. Today's message is all about Philip and Simon, Simon being the wizard. Did you know there's a wizard in the Bible? Now you do. Acts chapter 8, verse 9. Previous to Philip's arrival, a certain Simon had practiced magic in the city, posing as a famous man and dazzling all the Samaritans with his wizardry. You never, you, would you ever think you'd find that in the Bible? It's like you're reading Harry Potter all of a sudden. He had them all, from little children to old men, eating out of his hand. And this is the message translation. It just, it just paints a picture. They all thought he had supernatural powers and called him the great wizard. I wish it just had like Gandalf in there. I don't know why. He had been around a long time and everyone was more or less in awe of him. He's the town wizard. But when Philip 
came to town announcing the good news of God's kingdom and proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. They forgot Simon and were baptized, becoming believers right and left. Even Simon himself believed and was baptized. From that moment, he was like Philip's shadow, so fascinated with all the God signs and miracles that he wouldn't even leave Philip's side. It's interesting. Did, do you know, as believers, there's this weird thing that happens. See, before a believer and after a believer. So before you're saved and after you're saved, there's some parallels that happen in your life. I, I call those God cravings. There's certain things in your life where you're fascinated by it, almost more so than anyone else. And you, you, can't, you can't stop thinking about him. You can't stop doing him. You, he's so fascinated by these miracles and this wizardry, if you will, and then he sees what God can do through signs and miracles and wonders, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, that's it. That's what I've been craving this whole time. Before, I was lied to, and I had just a superficial, ugh, of what magic is. And then he's transformed, and he sees what God is. He sees the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's like, that's the fullness of what I've been craving this whole time. And what's interesting is every single person has something like that, this soul craving, where you, you're so fascinated by a topic or a subject or something before you're saved and you get entrenched in it. And then all of a sudden you're after saved and sometimes we forget about those soul cravings and God's like, I've built you, I designed you, it's in your DNA. I gave you that craving to implement the Holy Spirit into your lifestyle with that. It's, it's interesting, because before I was saved, I was so fascinated by stories and storytelling. And now I realize, after I was saved, God had built me to find the creativity and these different stories, because I was to bring that to people. And so I remember walking around high school, and um, this is back in the day, uh, Walkmans were just phasing out and is going into the CDs and you have to walk very slowly. Do you guys remember the CDs? Like you had, it's like, at, at first they had, there was like a buffer on them. You know, if you, you still have the CD and it's like you had to walk very slowly as you're listening to music and you walk down the high school like this, like don't bump it, don't bump it. Ah, oh, I have to start over the song. Like everyone was listening to music except for me. <laughs> I had my, I was a little embarrassed. I had I had comedians and storytellers on CDs. I didn't have music in my CD player walking around school. And I'd be like, yeah, like trying to pretend like I was like, yeah, this is really good. I start laughing. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's going on? And then one day I was swapping out um, a comedian for another comedian because they're, they're some of the world's greatest communicators and storytellers. And I put in one, and one kid's like, whoa, what are you listening to? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> Push play. And it was interesting, I had this like soul craving for storytelling, for illustrations. And then after I got saved, I realized God had been preparing me because I was going to be a storyteller. And I was going to look at all these, these interesting creative moments and bring them to light. Every single person has these. It's not going to be the same as me, and I'm not going to be the same as you. But when you identify exactly what that is, all of a sudden, something gets unlocked, and you start becoming passionate in what you do. And this is the moment when Jesus says, we're supposed to expand the kingdom. And when you start unlocking who you are in the kingdom, it starts expanding. Have you ever met 
<laughs> have you ever been to a restaurant? And like, you, there's two different types of experience, right? When you go to a restaurant, and have you ever had this moment, like you sit down and you look at the menu, there's no picture, so you don't know what's gonna be good. And you're like, um, is this good? Or what do, what do you recommend? And this is the first experience. Um, uh, uh, yeah, um, the, the burger, Burger's good, there's, there's cheese on it, and um, yeah, the, the steak's good, uh, yeah, that's good, people order that, and you're like, I guess I'll get the chicken. <laughs> you're like, I don't know, you don't even care. And then have you ever, like the other experience, you go to a restaurant, you sit down, and you're like, you know, I can't decide, and they're like, they get down, they're like, oh man, if you haven't had the filet mignon with the bacon wrapped around it, when they, if you get a little extra gravy sauce on the side, and then you get the, like, the potato, and they start explaining it, you're like, uh, I'm gonna order that, and you're just drooling off to the side. There's a difference because, because there's a passion. One's lacking it, and one has it. And as a believer, we need to unlock what our passion is in the kingdom. And that's what this milling moment is. This is what Simon's going through. He has this passion for magic that everyone else is like, that's evil, that's wicked. And he's like, well, I'm passionate for it. And little did he know that God was bringing out signs and miracles for Jesus. He had this passion for it. He didn't even know what it was yet. And so in the milling process, it takes time. It takes patience. It's really interesting. Uh, I was reading these different articles on what happens if you just grind coffee right as it comes out of the roaster. Like, wouldn't you think that'd be the freshest moment? It's already hot. You could put hot water over it. May as well grind it. Do you know coffee can't grind right out of being roasted? If you take it out, it doesn't, it doesn't grind. It doesn't shatter. It actually just, uh, it, it, it just smushes. Do you know, it, it's, like a, it's like a harder Play-Doh right when it comes out. Is that interesting? Yeah, thanks, David. Your, your face expressed it all. <laughs> a, it, it prevents crushing. If a bean jumps straight out of, out of the heater and into the grinder, it can't activate its purpose. Just catch that with me. If you move from one season of your life, your faith walk, into the next season immediately, you won't be able to fulfill the next season accurately. It, it's the, being, the, the science behind it is called, instead of being grinded, it's crushed. I was like, I, that preaches enough. In our next season, God has us specifically to be ground up and, and move into these different things, but without that, the bean is crushed like a believer, if we don't rest coming out of a season, we can be crushed. Everyone's nodding like, oh, <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> and we don't understand that rest, this resting season, can, is, is so needed in our lives because we can feel crushed. We're unable to, to move into the next season of fulfillment of what God is calling us to do, and we'll feel crushed. That weighty feel when things just feel like it's hitting you over and over and over, and it's coming against you. But as a believer, when we go through a resting period, instead of things hitting you and ugh, just getting the wind knocked out of you, it hits you in a way of saying, 
I'm standing by faith, not by sight. I'm doing, and it's like, there's a different feeling of when you're rested versus not rested. Likewise, little illustration. There's a different tone of your voice of when you're rested talking to a child in trouble and when you're not rested talking to a child in trouble. If you've ever been around a child or seen a parent at a mall in a moment where they are tired and you watch them. And, and before children, I remember like, we'd be like, oh man, what's going on over there? And then after kids, it's like, I've been there. <laughs> you know, there, there's a difference. We need to rest because it will prevent crushing. I wrote in my notes that when we rest, we, we, we stop relying on our emotions to tell us the situation and we start relying on our faith to tell us what's going on. See, when, when you're tired, when I'm tired, when we're all tired, we start acting out of emotions rather than thinking through it and processing it through like a faith lens. We need to rest. Oh, I, I, okay, next point. Gases escape. I'm not talking about if you eat certain foods on this one, but gases escape. One of the, one of the craziest things that happens in, in a coffee bean after it's been roasted, do you know it absorbs the carbon dioxide and the heat and all the chemicals that were used to heat up the bean? All that flavor is in there. So if you're able to somehow break the beans apart and pour a cup of coffee, you would taste the chemicals and the burn and the flavor of carbon dioxide of the bean would be there? You taste like, hmm, I taste exhaust. I am drinking exhaust right now. That's the flavor that it'd be. Do you know it has to mill? It has to sit out so all the gases escape. I just feel like there's so many jokes I could be telling right now. <laughs> all the gases escape because the bean is sitting out. They have to release. So let's bring it over to us creatively, illustratively. Let's, let's hear this out. The gases represent the past season. And in the next season, the coffee bean, if it's ground too soon, will take the last season's flavor, and that's what will be the next season. But if you allow enough time, the last season will disappear, and the next season will happen. See, when, when, we, when we're sitting in our, in our in-between seasons, if we don't rest, we'll take the last season and assume it's still the same season. When in reality, our seasons have changed. Let's just, I'm sorry, I gotta get this, I gotta get this to click over. We need our last season to fully leave us before starting our next season. Because our last season contains all of the hurts, all of the wounds, all of the things we learned, which is good, but it's on a different level. When God takes us to new levels, we step up. And I can't take the same solution that I had last season down here and apply it to this season's solution. I'm on another level. Do you remember when Peter was questioned by Jesus? Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And he's like, I say that you're, you know, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, wow. Was that P Peter said that? And then all of a sudden, Jesus has to step up to go talk to God, and he pulls 
Peter up to the next season, up to the next step. He pulls him on top of the mountain, and then all of a sudden he freaks out, and he's like, we need to create an altar right now. We need to do this and this and this and this, and, and here's Noah, and here's Mo, and blah, blah. And she's like, ugh. You move from one season to the next, and you didn't, you still think it's the same? Peter didn't catch it. See, we need to realize that in between seasons, there needs to be a waiting period. There needs to be a resting period because we can't take the same hurts with us. We can't take the same answers with us. We're on a new level with Jesus. And we need to understand, God, you're doing something new here. I can't just do the same thing to solve this as last time. I'm on another level. And this is one of the hardest aspects for for people to take in. This is one of the hardest things for people to receive. It's like, well, I, I did it this way before, and I'm going to do it again, and then you're frustrated because it doesn't work. And God's saying, that's kind of idolatry. You're expecting the same thing to solve it? No, you're supposed to have me solve it, and you're trying to go after the method rather than the man. That's what's happening here. We need to allow the full last season to escape us before we dive into the next season. For some people, it could be very short, and some people, it takes a long time. Just like coffee beans. I was reading that some locations, it's literally one hour. In other locations, it could be eight days. With people, it's the same. How long does it take your last season to leave you? And it's usually with how bad that tumbling process of heat was, how bad the frustrations and hurts were. Are you willing to let him go? And a lot of it hinges on forgiveness. And see, flavor perfected. I like this one. It's really subtle. Uh, they, they explain that a coffee bean, it, this, if you don't grind it at the optimal moment, like if you do it too soon or too late, the flavor kind of does this. It, go, it starts off low as like, ugh, and it, it peaks at like this optimum grind and brew time of this is, you could taste everything. You could taste the soils, you could taste the location, you could taste all the notes, everything, and then it slowly degrades again. And we have to, in our resting time, realize, I'm resting, I'm resting, I'm resting. Now's the time I step up into my season. Now's the time when I say yes to God, and I understand, and I dive fully into it. But then there's also a, a tail end of saying, I missed that season. And you need to realize that when God speaks to you and says, now's the time to move, you move. Now's the time to do this. It's the time to do it. God, like a believer, follows this timeline, says, you need to rest, you need to rest. You, you go up and you're like, now's the time. But then the, the windows close. There's so, so many stories in the Bible where when the windows close, time has gone past, and God says, okay, you missed it. That's okay. We'll scrap that idea. I'm still big enough. We'll have another one. And he'll send these waves over and over until you, you get it. I've missed a lot of those waves in my life on various seasons. Don't do that. It's tracking and knowing 
God's speaking to me about something, and then all of a sudden you see a season where you can activate that something. So if God keeps having this one frustration of the same person nitpicking you at work over and over and over, recognizing that's a season, God's speaking to me, I need to work through it because I'm about to enter a season that that will be substantial. It's picking up on the cues where your flavor is perfected. Number two, the second aspect, the second thing that's happening inside of the milling process is removing the dead shell. So after the roasting happens, some coffee beans actually retain the outside of the cherry and it dries on and it seals onto the coffee bean. But that has to be removed. It's just surrounded and completely encasing and it's dried onto the coffee bean and it's sitting there in all the coffee beans and, and a few still have it. It's this dried crust shell that's useless and it's encasing the coffee bean. If you ground the coffee bean with it, it would just be bitter and nasty. You, can't, you don't want that in your coffee. It's gross. And so what has to happen is they go through this milling process, and, and a lot of times it's workers that have to go through, and it's a conveyor belt, and if they see a dead shell, they have to reach in and remove that dead shell and the husk and all the, all the excess stuff and put the coffee bean back. It's the longest, meticulous process of the entire journey of the coffee bean. Removing the coffee bean from the plant and taking it to the roaster, minutes. I mean, if you did one at a time, it'd be very, very fast. You just throw it in. But this is the most time-consuming part. You have to let the whole bean cool down. You have to remove the shell. And it's laborsome. You, you can't just skip this step. It's man hours right there. Acts chapter 8. So we have Simon, who's the wizard of the town. He's the, he's the Harry Potter Gandalf running around doing magic tricks. He has a bunch of cards and coins and stuff. He gets saved, but all of a sudden, he starts going back to his old ways a little bit. Uh, and let's pick it up in the story. Verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem received the report that Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John down to pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Up to this point, they had only been baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. The Holy Spirit hadn't yet fallen on them. Then the apostles laid their hands on them, and they did receive the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the apostles, by merely laying on hands, conferred, conferred the spirit, he pulled out his money, excited, and said, sell me your secret. He reverted a little bit. He accepted Jesus. He was baptized, but he, he was kind of falling back into his old lifestyle. Sell me your secret. Show me how you did that. How much did you want? Name your price. This is in the Bible. This is a translation. Peter said, to hell with your money and you along with it. Uh, if you do not get the undertone, he is angry with him. Why, that's unthinkable. Trying to buy God's gift. You'll never be a part of what God is doing by striking bargains and offering bribes. Change your ways, and now. Ask the master to forgive you for trying to use God to make money. 
I can see this is an old habit with you. You reek with money lust. See, the interesting thing is, God gave him the soul craving, he got saved for it, and he moved into his next season, and he, he slipped a little bit. See, he was so drawn by the miracles and wonders that is the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, he falls back a little bit. Just, just slides a little bit. And a lot of times we think, as believers and, and working with youth groups, like, you mess up, then all of a sudden you're unsaved again? A lot of people think that. No, that's, that's part of the process of milling. That's, that's the process of the bean has to take the dead shell off of it and remove it because it's gone through the process. As a believer, we might still have some remnants of dead flesh, dead skin that need to be removed. And it's not that we're thrown away and discarded and go through the process of roasting again. You don't re-roast a coffee bean. That would just be burning it. No, you go through a milling process. A coffee bean can't be re-roasted just like a Christian can't be re-saved. You have accepted the eternal gift, the grace of God, because he died on the cross and rose again. You have his free gift. It's not like you can say, hey, Jesus, I think you messed up on the first go-around. Can you hop up back on the cross so I can re-nail you? I need to get re-saved again. Jesus is like, um, what? I'm good. Once is enough for me. And so Jesus is saying, after this, you go through this process, and sometimes you have a little bit of dead flesh that needs to get removed, just like the coffee bean process. So how, how do we remove it? The interesting thing, it happens in the story, and it happens in milling. A, peers. Do you have the audacity to talk to someone and say, this is what I'm going through. I need some help. A lot of times, the, the, the things that we're going through, the enemy's trying to contort and twist because in reality, God is trying to use for the kingdom. And we need some peers to identify and say, it's not that you're evil and you're unsaved. It's that the enemy is trying to twist what is good in your life. Did you know that the definition out of, out of the Greek of sin, it's kind of interesting. It, it's literally a, it means an arrow missing the mark. That's, that's the literal translation of sin, if you've never heard that. It has an archer, he shoots to try to hit the exact bullseye, but he misses just a hair off. And so with this, and when we're going after God and we're trying to say, this is where I'm going after and this is what he's called me to do, and we miss a little bit, that's, that's the definition. It's like, oh, I missed a little bit. Yeah, because the enemy doesn't want you to be effective in the kingdom of God. That's what's happening. And we need peers to step it up and speak to us. The interesting thing is, if Simon had gone and bought this thing, bought the, the secrets, if you will, of divine healing, none of, the, none of his peers would have accepted it. They wouldn't have paid him money. They wouldn't have done anything because they knew what the truth was. We need to go after our peers to help us. Say, can you just keep me on track? B, out of, out of the scripture, shepherd. 
shepherd. We, we need to have a shepherd. We need to have someone, a spiritual authority in our life to help us keep on track. In the story, Simon goes up and says to Peter, hey, can you tell me what you're doing? Uh, that's, what I, that's what I'm called to do. I know I want to be a part of that. And he's like, what? Sell it? And he's like, what is happening? And the shepherd can immediately see what's really going on. It's about money for him. But in his heart, it got twisted because real, reality, he wanted to go after it and be, to take the power of the Holy Spirit and bring healing. And he's like, that is the coolest magic trick I've ever seen. I gotta know how it's done. So God has a soul craving in him. It got twisted and now it became about money. It was, it was off a hair. We need shepherds in our life. We need, we need people in our life to spiritually direct us in the right way and really cut through all the junk in our life and say, this is what's really going on here, and this is what you really need help with. And see, the last, the last part, yourself. In the process of the being, when all the dead flesh is on it, you need to strip it away yourself too. You need to work on things yourself. Simon really had to deal with that personally. What, what would your reaction have been? Like you get saved, you're baptized, and then the pastor just cusses you out. It's like, oh, I, I, don't, think I, I don't think I want this anymore. <laughs> you just walk away, right? N- not him. He stuck it out. He stood there, received what they said, and then responded to it. See, it's, it's one thing to have people tell you what's wrong in your life, and it's, and it's what the biggest part is how you respond to it. That's huge. How are you going to respond to what someone tells you about your life? It's like, stop doing that. You look like an idiot. It's like, well, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Or, you know what? I think you might be right. <laughs> Let me change this about my life. There's a big portion of ourselves. And the last point, number three, how God inspects our lives. As the coffee bean is going down the conveyor belt, as the beans are going down, there are three things that the coffee bean is inspected. There are three things of how it's sorted, three things of how they're looked at. It's the size, the weight, and if there's defects. That's it. That's the three things the coffee bean is, is visually inspected as it's going down. After the shell is removed, there's three things. It has to cool down. Boom. So going back to our scripture, This is Simon's response. Oh, said Simon, pray for me. Pray to the master that nothing like that will ever happen to me. I heard what you said, and I don't want that. So let me go ahead and change my mind. (laughs) And with that, the apostles were on their way, continued to witness and spread the message of God's salvation preaching in every Samaritan town they passed through on the return to Jerusalem. Simon's response was huge. It showed that he didn't run away in anger or frustration. It showed that he didn't just hide. It, it showed that he didn't just try to masquerade as something. It, said, it showed that he confronted his own inadequacies, his own faults, and said, you know what? You caught me. You're right. I messed up and now I need to move forward. Help me with that. 
I, I, lo- I love his response because it's like the response that we all need to have. It's just genuine. Say, man, God, yeah, you're right. And are we willing to get over our embarrassment and our pride in order to accept what's really needed to be accepted? And so after that, there's three things that the beans have to be inspected by the farmer. And it's the season of rest that God is inspecting our lives. And never mistake a season of rest as doing nothing. There's so much that's happening. Because you're preparing for your next season. So A, first thing that God inspects is by size. By size. He, he inspects all the coffee beans. He makes sure that they're the right size. And I'm, I'm not talking about height here. You, there's no height requirements in church. By size. How much faith we have towards what God can do in us and through us. Our size of our faith. That's what he's looking at. Do you believe that what God is calling you to do can happen? Well, I have a dream. Ugh, that's, that's not going to happen. Because so-and-so said this about me and I'm not good enough. Is your faith the right size that it needs to be for your next season? Do you believe that God can accomplish what he promised you? Because God's inspecting that right now in your rest season like, oh, yeah, I need to work on that. The second thing, B, by weight. So what, what is God inspecting weight-wise? How much weight does God carry in our lives? How much weight? When God says something to you, do you listen or do you weigh out what God is saying to you versus all your friends are saying. How much does God weigh in our lives? How how much weight does he carry in our decisions, in our choices? The, The thing about Simon was the weight of wanting to do a miracle the, the wanting to do all these signs and wonders far outweighed God. And he hadn't connected that God was the one performing the signs and wonders and miracles. His desire to do the thing was bigger than the person doing the thing. And sometimes in our lives, we can get caught up in saying, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And God's like, no, I do that. You just show up. What do you mean? See, God has to carry the full weight in our lives. Do you know when, when, when all of the, when, when Moses brought everyone out and they're wandering the desert, God told Moses, bring the people to where? It's kind of a trick question. And now, now you guys don't even respond because I always do trick questions. Everyone, everyone should say to the promised land. But it's not. That's not what the scripture says. God said, bring them out of Egypt, out of bondage, to worship me at the mountain of Sinai. That's his exact words. And then I will lead you to the promised land. But we missed that little portion. We're we're being brought out of our sin and of our lives to worship God. And through worshiping him, he does crazy stuff. That's what happens. 
How much does God weigh in your life compared to everything else? And last one, C. He inspects defects. I don't like that. By defects. This one's hard because, it, 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 again, it challenges our pride and our embarrassment and all the other things. But it's so good. God inspects our defects. Wait, pastor, but aren't we made perfect? Perseverance of God? I thought I was saved and now I'm, I'm like Jesus. Well, he needs to keep you humble sometimes. But sometimes some things will crawl back in our lives that we need to go through the inspection process again of peers and shepherds and, and ourselves. You know, when you open up the coffee bag and you, you pour it out, you still inspect it, right? I pray that you would. Do you inspect the expiration date? Do you inspect to make sure that it's still relevant to what you're drinking? Have you ever found the coffee that's just, you're like, where'd this bag of coffee come in? You're drinking it. That's sour. Oh, that was like five years old. You know, we need to have a constant inspection of God in our lives saying, let me keep working on you. You are not perfect and you never will be, but you are made perfect by my grace, meaning you're going through this refinement process over and over. You're not being re-roasted. You're not being re-saved. You're just going through refinement. And God's saying, I want to continue refining you to move you from season to season to season to glory to glory to glory. And what the next level is, you cannot sustain unless you were refined by me in this process. Let's pray. Lord, continue working our lives. Continue speaking to us. I pray that as the milling process is one of the most elaborate, time-consuming processes of everything, God, that you would not let us get discouraged in the middle of it. Let's be reminded that you are constantly and consistently touching our lives. You are refining us in rest and propelling us forward into our next season. Lord, we cannot sustain the next season without you. Whatever you need to deal with in our lives, of maybe it's just being encouraged. Maybe it's just having more faith. Maybe it's having more awareness of how big you are. Whatever it is, God, we need it. Lord, I pray for the vulnerability of peers and shepherds and ourselves to actually take a, a bigger look into our lives, God. That our, our season of refinement wouldn't just feel like forever, but we would see the next portion of, of your life coming, of the season that you have for us. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about Lighthouse 805 Church, other episodes, opportunities to give, and just what's going on in general with us, please visit us at www.lighthouse805.com.